podcast world. This is Caribbean Power Lunch, where we feature Black-owned businesses. I am your host, Kevin Valley, and back by popular demand. After doing a fantastic job co-hosting our interview with Kyle Maloney in episode 16, our dear friend, Osei Wright Alexis from Incentivize Network. Osei, what's up, man? Yo, good, man. Glad to be here again. Always a pleasure, my brother. Yeah. Hey, senior, I'm starring in Zing Magazine, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a good friend of mine's, you know, connected me with some, some influential people, you know what I'm saying? And we ended up in big places, so it's so, so, so big up, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, man, you want to thank Paul and Sarah and the team at Zinc Magazine yeah, for yeah. making that happen. We look forward to the next issue where our friend Dominic Hutch from episode two will be featured. Sweet. All right, so we are outside of the Capital Studios today, podcast will. Today we are in the Eco Studios, and we'd like to thank... Mr. Irvin Davis, Davis Equal Life, listen to his interview on episode eight. But our special guest today is a mobile expert, owner of Droid Island. You've definitely seen him on LinkedIn. You've definitely seen him on Instagram. You've definitely heard of him. This is Mr. Caron Rose McLeish. Is it Rose or McLeish? It's Caron <laughs> Rose like what your, your alter ego. But <laughs> I'll give you the breakdown. So basically... Um, Rose is my birth name, right? When we moved to to Canada, um, my mom changed my last name to her name, McLeish. Ooh. Right. Ooh, that sounds like a story there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. That's what's up. What's going on? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm glad to be in the, in the Eco Studios today. I like to go. I like to, <laughs> <laughs> I like to give things simple, simple, catchy names. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad to here. be here, man. Thank you for having me. Even left a nice bottle of unmarked rum first. And it tasted good. What? Smooth, smooth. Thanks a lot, Irvin. So, Karen, you were born in Trinidad. You lived here for two whole months. <laughs> <laughs> then you decided, hey, it's too hot. I am going to Canada. I need some coal. I need some coal. Yeah. All right. So then you spent 27 years across there. Yeah. Then you decided to come back. I decided to come back home. Now, why did you decide to come back here? And don't tell us, oh, because you saw a gap in the market. In China. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We don't want, we don't want that kind response. Why did you really come back to Trinidad, Carol? Honestly, man, I wanted to change, man. Like, it's one of those things where life's going a certain way and you have to be bold. You have to make changes. And I wanted to change and I decided, you know what? I was planning to move to Edmonton. Because the oil fields. That's like a couple hours away from Toronto, right? That's like like four or five hours flight away from Toronto. Yes. <laughs> That's a whole other province. Yes. So I was thinking about that, going to work in the oil fields out in out in Edmonton, Alberta. And, you know, it's even colder over there. And why the oil fields? Because you were in the telecom sales sector for like, I don't know. Like I said, I wanted to change, man. So okay. it was, you know, the money, the money's really good out there, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a walk. What I mean, walk, <laughs> it's like two weeks on and a couple of days off and... You know, and then the other option was, you know what? Why not Trinidad, right? So the majority of my family lives in Trinidad. Like I only have a couple of people that live in, in Canada. And, you know, a lot of people that live in the Caribbean, they have the majority of the family here or whatever. And when you're growing up over there, it's the opposite. You don't really have much family. So all my family lives down here. And um, it was an easy decision okay. <laughs> because I, I came back out here. And yeah, so okay, just well. kind of been finding my place since I came back. Half of my family is actually from Canada, though. Um, I want to give a little shout out to all my family in Canada, all my cousins. Still have my eldest sister. And she lives out in Kitchener. 
think that's maybe like an hour and a half away from Toronto. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We tried to link up the last time I was there, but we failed. <laughs> that's a good drive away. Yeah, that's a good drive. All right. So you're here. Welcome. You know, we're we happy to have you. How long are you here now? <laughs> this is my fourth year. Fourth year? Yeah. So what have you been doing? It's your four years here, man. Um, I think the first two were spent learning because it's like, it's a whole culture change. I think uh, coming from Canada, you kind of come with, you know a lot, you've seen a lot. So you just expect things to just be like how it is over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you realize it's not. <laughs> so there was an adjustment period, there's a learning period. So yeah. I think like the first two years, it took me a little while to like really catch my bearings. And now I'm in a gear. What's your biggest culture shock though? Mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Mindset. Say no more. <laughs> we understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For better or worse, though, yeah. like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great things okay. that I love about being in Trinidad. From as simple as you're walking on the street, hi, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Canada, good morning. Hmm. People are clutching purses. And like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, always, I always thought Canadian people were so nice. Oh, in the videos. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where they are, but... <laughs> well, I, I'm looking for the people who say good morning back to you now. I mean, the culture in Trinidad is changing, though. It's, it, it is. It is. But there's still... there's still. I mean, it is changing, but there's still a lot of people. Okay. That, I know, guess in comparison to... What in comparison, like, it. Toronto's dubbed the screw face capital of the world. Oh, look at that. Right. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Right. So tell us who you are. Tell us about your, you know, your journey to becoming Mr. Droid, Mr. Droid Island, mobile phone expert. Tell us about that. Um, well, I started in telecoms. You saw back. a gap in the market. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Like uh when I was nineteen, I started working at a place called Telus. And um working with my team at the time, like I I, I loved working with the team. And then I started to realize just how important phones were to people because the amount of money people spend on smartphones because of a variety of reasons, whether it be business or whatever the case is. And I mean, at the time, like the, the most popular phone was like the BlackBerry 8703. That's the one with the click wheel, right? With, right? So I learned uh, an appreciation for mobile because just how important it is to people, right? And then... um I think what really had me hooked was the amount of commissions and money that we made off of mobile. The money was really good, right? And then in Canada, you have to really know your stuff to get a sale. Otherwise, people have no shame in saying, you know what you're talking about? Uh, Let me go talk to somebody else, right? So it built a habit in me to I was always on top of my game because that was the difference between a sale or not. And there's times where you see other people they don't know one thing and that sale's about to walk out the door and you could jump in and you could either, you know, help the person and save the sale for them or you could jump in and be like, yo, X, Y, and Z and tell them and you save that sale and the person wants to do with you, right? So I built a habit of always just keeping in up to mobile, uh, all the knowledge and whatnot. And I, I actually enjoyed it. And then my time at Apple really changed my perspective on everything because one thing that people don't know, like, no, actually, no. People do know, but Steve Jobs is a is a genius. That yeah, man, that man is a genius. I think I think some I think some people know that. That man's a genius. But what I mean to say is that internally, he had his fingerprints all over like the retail stores. Like he sat with psychiatrists to build the retail store how it is. It wasn't just like you know it was just designed just because someone designed it that way. Like he sat with a variety of different people to come up with the concept 
the touch, the feel, the interaction, the open space. Apple's the first to do it, right? And so working with them, and you started to learn a lot about Steve Jobs and his philosophy on retail, and working with people, and providing the expertise and knowledge to really learn your product and sell the products and just how engaging people are with that. Like for me, like it was, it was great. And I, and, I, and there's a lot of fundamentals that I use within Droid Island because of my time at Apple, right? My time at Apple really solidified. Like I really love mobile. Now, when I came to Trinidad, when we, Joe, can we say, uh, seen a gap in the market? <laughs> um, for Trinidad now, I remember, I remember going to Trinity Mall and, and I, I won't name the store, but going into the store and asking some questions and the nonsense that came out of the, of the, of the rep's mouth, mm. I was like, but this, this is false. This is not just false. This is, this is, this, this is malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> malarkey. <laughs> 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 dictionary out. <laughs> this is some, this is some make-believe stuff. You're, you're hmm. telling me like, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. And I realized that was a trend. Like a lot of people, you know, that are employed with these telecoms companies and, and phone stores down here, they just get hired. There's no real training. It's just, here's a register, put money in and whatever, right? And I had started taking a private course to become an actual phone technician. That was here? That was here, right? Um, at a school called ASTI. That's in Barataria on the main road. Okay. So I ended up getting good with the director. And after a couple of conversations, you know, he realized I know my stuff. So he'd asked me a lot, of, a lot of stuff about mobile or whatever the case is. And I remember one day I came in. And we had a conversation and he was like, yo, you're in the wrong business. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll take your money, but I don't want to take your money. You're, you're doing this wrong. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, you're trying to become a technician. You need to focus on becoming the owner. Hmm. Like, stop what you're doing right now. Excellent advice. Yeah. Stop what you're doing right now. Stop trying to become a technician. He's like, you could always hire a technician. Yeah. But your knowledge, you need to be the one running the ship, right? And... From that day, that was inception. He put something in my mind. And then that's where I seen the gap in the market. Like maybe I could, you know, do something down here, whatever the case is. It took me a while to really formulate what exactly I wanted to do. Because at one point I was just selling Android boxes. And then I realized I'm like, that's, that's just not what I want to do. But this entire time, I didn't have a voice. I didn't know how I wanted to be. I didn't know if I wanted to blog or be on video because I like to be behind the scenes. I don't like to be in front of the camera as crazy as I You don't like to be in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think we're talking to the wrong guy here. Now. Let's end this now. Yeah, like in, in, the, in, the, in the beginning, like I've always been, you know, behind the scenes and I never really wanted to be in front of the camera or whatnot. And two things happened to me that really give me my, my confidence to even step out and try it. One, um, my partner at the time, she told me that I have to. I knew she had a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, like she's one of like the best marketers in the Caribbean. Um, if you guys ever see Nadine Liverpool, check her stuff out. She's dope. She was the one I was like, you know what? Like you need to put your face out there in order for people to really connect with you. So that started my mindset. And then what solidified it was, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a tech YouTuber called Flossie Carter. I looked him up when I was researching you. Yeah. 
but he doesn't really show his face and stuff. He just shows like his his white shoes and right. But you see, his persona is so commanding. Yeah. And like, if you watch his Instagram, you see his pictures. This man is a, is a New York guy. He's these. He's cut. He's ripped. He's tatted down, and he just doesn't care. And he is so raw in these videos, even though he doesn't show his face. Between his voice and the cat and white shoes, he just commands it from behind the camera. And just listening to him talk, seeing somebody that I can identify with. So when people talk about, you know, proper representation, you know, for for ethnic people is so important. I understand that now. Because the minute I seen him, the first thing I said was, I'm like, wait a minute. If this man could talk tech and this guy has over how much followers whatever the case is and he could be as raw this man he'll cuss here and there he'll make double entendre jokes but samsung lg every company in the world is still flying him out to come to all the events for him being him i'm like i can do that the content is king content is king content is king and context is queen yeah (laughs) so yeah after seeing him i i realized yo i i could do this and that that was like the stamp of approval where i'm like you know what I'm going to do this. And in comparison to the kind of stiff, clean cut people usually do these phone reviews and all yes. that. That kind of sound like this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I, I, so I, I to research him recently as well and it's like, wow, I, you know, I, I, I watch reviews, right? And he is nothing like anything nothing. I've seen before though. Yo, what's up everybody? It's your boy Floss. <laughs> I like, there, there was an interview with him actually talking about himself and he's like, you know, I'm a hustler I just look for opportunity. And I was like, this man selling phones after this though? <laughs> Yeah, so I can see, I can see, you know, how yeah. he would have kind of sparked something inside yeah. of you to say, yeah, yes, yeah. If he, I can see that. I that see for that. me was like, yo, this guy can do it yeah. and do it at a high level. And there's no cuts. There's no production. It just turns the camera on. The cat jumps on the table, checks out the box with him. They unbox. <laughs> yeah. He pulls out the the, the, the hunting knife, rah, yeah. rips open the packages and he goes. Yeah. So like... It's interesting how somebody doing their thing could, could you know, overseas, miles away, you, you influence to the point where you're now able to come and, and st- you know, that is the spark you needed to come on. It's, it's amazing how this thing works, you it's know what I mean? crazy. Who knows who's listening to you right now it's, and thinking, you it's know. It's crazy. It's so crazy. That's interesting it's stuff. It's crazy, man. you know. I'm sure he does, I know he doesn't know who I am, but the fact that he's inspired me so much that I could, you know, come out and be myself yeah. and find success. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's sure. the thing too, right? What's up? What's also interesting is that you said you attribute a lot of your knowledge towards your experience at Apple, yeah. but you came down to Trinidad and you decided to become Mr. Droid, Mr. Android. What happened there? Um, the market. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what business is all about. You have to look at your market or whatever the case is, right? Globally, Apple owns about like 12% of the market space worldwide. Because it's small? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because Android is not just Samsung. <laughs> so you mean There's market a, space in terms of units sold as opposed to market sales in, in terms of revenue? In terms of what uh, units sold. Units, okay. So yeah, we know Samsung sells the most, then Apple, and then Huawei, right? But there's so many other companies that are out here. And the number one biggest market for smartphones China. is China. Second is India. And then it's a distant third, US. So because Android dominates the Caribbean, and just globally, I'm not going to come out here and, you know, be Mr. iOS. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to make sense. Okay. So I mean, I have knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, I had a client, I had a client today where I had to go out and, and, uh, and check and Jared again, 
Jared called me yesterday and he's like, yo, I Jared have a, Yes, that, that, that guy. <laughs> he called me and he's like, yo. What up, Jared? <laughs> well, go ahead. He called me and he's like, yo, I have a customer. She has a problem. Whatever the case, I told you, you're the man to solve the problem. I said, well, all right, put her on the phone. Hi, Karen. So, um. <laughs> he does a good Trini accent. <laughs> a good female Trini accent, too. <laughs> so, hit us now. <laughs> so I have this iPhone. I said, but what is Jared yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you sending me iPhone people? I'm trying to run away from yeah, iPhones. Yeah. Oh God. So yeah, so I focus on Android. I'm trying to focus too much on iOS anymore because we're at a point now where the ecosystems are so large. Android is a whole ecosystem on its own. iOS is a whole ecosystem on its own. I'm one man. So I focus on Android. With every other YouTuber, for the most part, they all have teams. There's very rarely a single guy. They usually do have teams that they work with, whatever the case is. So they they could pump out content about whatever they want to talk about. But in the Caribbean, we, the predominant uh, platform is Android. So I focus on that. Okay, so it's more, it's purely about market and stuff. So it's not about you prefer using the Android phone, you prefer the Android system, you prefer the openness of the Android. Yeah, 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 for sure. I I prefer Android. Like I, it's, uh, iOS is too limited. Like you'll never hear me say iOS is bad. Apple makes some really good products. And once you have their ecosystem, the products work and their ecosystem is better and works better than Android. It's also iron tight. It's iron tight. It works. Iron tight to get in, iron tight to get Yes. Yes, 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 yes. But for me and my lifestyle, I love Android. Android devices just do so much more. And I'll tell you one thing. The one thing that made me switch from my iPhone to my very first Android was I remember I was in the club and I heard a song and I wanted to download it and I couldn't. I'd have to go put in my notepad. I'd have to find out the name of the song first put it in the notepad, and then go home, download the song on my computer, transfer it to iTunes, and then transfer it to my iPhone, right? When I found out about Android, that I could just Shazam the song <laughs> and download straight away. Shazam's not an iPhone? No, it is, right? Oh, okay. But what I'm saying is, I would have to, I'd have to, no, I'd have to put the song on my notepad to remember right. to go home and download the song right, right. to go put it on my thing, right? What? Android, I'm in the club, I hear a song now, I download now. That was yeah. the defining feature that yeah. said you need to be on Android. And from since then, I mean, the platform itself has evolved and it's taken off. And I mean, the things that you can do on an Android device, you're not going to do on an iOS. So I like it because of that. Okay. So we all see you on social media. You're, you're popping a lot of content at least three times a day. Like for the past few days, I've been trying to research you. So when I want to pull up your LinkedIn, I just type in LinkedIn. I don't have to type in yeah. your name. I just type in LinkedIn. <laughs> Top three posts, right? And his his posts is at the top, not top three, top one. (laughs) So behind all this content that you you provide, all these reviews, all these guides and everything, I know you did an Android Aftercare book as well. What is your main mission? Is it purely to drive people to buy your phones from your store, to purchase from you? Or is, is there a greater purpose? There's a greater purpose. And realistically, my my thing is I want to be the number one resource for mobile within the Caribbean, right? I want people to be able to go to my platforms and learn because we're at a point, we're at a point right now where mobile is, is so far ahead in everywhere else in the world. And we're still learning the basics in the Caribbean that 
one of the things that Apple has taught me is that the more people learn about your product is the more they're going to do on the product, right? So when you go into Apple, you can book uh, sessions for workshops. You can book one-on-one sessions to sit down with tutors. I've had people in their 70s wheel their iMacs into the Apple store so they could sit down with the tutor and learn how to use programs, whatever the case is. But at the end of the day, guess what? Those guys will teach you a thing or two. So now that we're at a point where Artificial intelligence. If you guys had seen the Google Keynote the other day, or the big thing where yeah, where you could call, where you could have um this Google assistant. assistant call and make an appointment with my barber. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, I wonder how that'll work with um like Trini barbers, with Trini accents and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean? or even Jamaican accents. <laughs> well, we gotta find out. We gotta find. Out. That's why this. That's why like the keynote inspired like this week's block of tips. Teaching people about Google Assistant because most people don't even know about Google Assistant. Hmm. When I ask, you know, if you if you guys have ever heard of Assistant or ever ever used it, most people are just like, "Well, why is that?" They they don't know, right? So I realized that there is no body in Trinidad and to extension the Caribbean that actually has workshops where you can go and learn about mobile because even our telecoms communicators in Canada and the states have invested into learning centers. So you buy a product. And you could go book an appointment with the expert and sit down. You can learn X, Y, and Z. Or you can come in on, on days where they have workshops, whatever the case is. So people are learning the technology. And the more you learn the technology, they're going to use it. So for a feature like that, where you have your assistant making your calls, you're saving yourself time. You're just saying, hey, Google Assistant, book an appointment with my barber. And it's being taken care of for you in the back end. And I'm teaching people how to close applications, Right. But that's because there is no place to go and learn. So my mission is really to be the number one resource for mobile within the Caribbean so people can learn. But let me ask you a question though. Is it that the apps available to do what people need to do is where the gap is? Or is it that the actual the actual devices themselves, you know, there's a space that people just don't understand? Because to me, the device is simple, you know? It's where you, you download the ecosystem and apps that might be relevant to you. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the space where the information is missing. So maybe you could clear it up for me. Is it the apps you educate them on? Or is it the actual device and maybe some technical stuff or the device? It's, it's literally everything. Yeah. So it's devices. So I talk a lot about different devices, right? Because there's a lot of devices. We're at a point now where devices are starting to specialize, okay. right? If you're somebody that's looking for productivity, there's devices for productivity. Okay. If you are a gamer... There's devices for gamers. If you are a photographer, there's okay. devices that focus camera on on camera, right? So now the manufacturers are starting to specialize on those devices. So okay. I talk a lot about that because, like, when I'm selling a phone, I have to like I've actually created a a survey that I would send people. It's available on my website as well. Right. Where people would take the test and answer the questions that I've put out. Right. And then I send them my recommendations based off of your needs. Okay. I need to know what your needs are in order for me to make a recommendation for you. Okay. Just because the Samsung S9 is one of the best phones on the market does not mean it's the best phone for you. Gotcha. Right? Okay. It's kind of like kind of like cars. If you have five kids, are you going to go and get a two-door Porsche hmm. with two seats? No, it's not right. for you. Right. right? But you'll go and get what fits your needs. But then on the application, the software side, there's so many things that are on the market that's available that people don't know about. And what you don't know will hurt you at some point. Hmm, okay. So where things like, for the biggest example, is when it comes to like uh, contact backup. Right. Right. You have people that lose their phone 
or they lose they lose their phone and they lose their pictures, they lose their their contacts, whatever the case is. It's 2018. If I reset my phone right now, I have everything when I when I turn it back on. Right. Because I signed in, I, I know what the applications where everything is backed gotcha. up. And people don't know about that. So I, I get a lot of calls about, hey, I just lost my phone. Oh my God, I didn't back up anything. Can you tell me if, if I can get my contacts back? Okay, well, did you do X, Y, and Z? No, why is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> and it's just like, yo, yeah, I, now yeah. now I got to like work miracles to yeah, try and get your yeah, stuff okay, back. Like okay. I had a, I think the saddest story about that was like I had a lady come in a time and they recorded the birth of their daughter. What's oh, up? Hmm. on their phone right right and the phone got stolen hmm. she told me this situation and she's like we just had a daughter they recorded everything please tell me i can get those things back i'm like all right yeah that, that's okay okay um have you heard of a uh, one driver dropbox why is that <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what about google photos she's like what is that yeah. i said all right i'm like when you got your phone and you turn on the camera um did your phone ever ask you because usually a lot of times people pick up androids and they go into the photos app and not the gallery to see their pictures right when you click on the photos app it always asks you do you give the device permission to back up your stuff to the cloud yeah. and everybody always says no <laughs> yeah, for real. they always say they just say no i right? say yes hey you're one in the few yeah. Some people get lucky and hit that yes. They don't know what it is. They just hit yes, and then they'll realize, wait a minute, my photos are not in here, and they'll back out and they'll go in the gallery, right? But when they've authorized it, it'll be updating on the back end whenever they connect to Wi-Fi. So when I asked her that, she was like, "Well, no," and I'm like, "Well, boy," I'm like, oh, no. "We," I'm like, "We may not be able to get these photos." She broke up crying. Hmm full out tears, bawling in the store, whatever. And I was like, okay, you know what? Like, grab my laptop. I'm like, sign in. And then I just started to go through like all of the backend ways that I know how you could get your contacts, whatever the case is. You wouldn't believe. She was one of the people that hit yes. Right. There you go. I get lunch that And I guess you can't take it for granted too that things that, you know, we might, see as second nature to do on your Correct. phone there's a large population of, of large. you know that people that just don't understand anything beyond dialing you know Correct. taking a picture here and, and that's and that's exactly that's it and that's where i come in and that, that's what i'm trying to do gotcha. and build that knowledge because like i said like it's at a point where mobile has infiltrated almost every industry yeah. i seen the other day where they've introduced uh, artificial intelligence on dslr cameras oh yeah this is where the technology is going. Mobile technology has infiltrated almost every aspect of our lives, right? People are now using virtual reality on phones to treat patients with mental health abilities, hmm. right? So in order for us to get to those levels, we got to learn the basics. How to back up pictures. How to back up pictures. <laughs> Just click yes, guys. Please kick yes. <laughs> We have a ways to go so that we can get to those things. We could actually utilize, yeah. utilize the technology. Gotcha. Okay, and that's what you tried to do with your masterclass. That's with the Droid Masterclass. Yeah. That was uh, that was something I wanted to do, and I threw that vision out to Huawei, and Huawei said, "Yeah, we want to jump on board." All right. So they uh, they backed me up on that one. So that so that that series got sponsored by Huawei, and that series was predicated on teaching people the basics. The first couple episodes were me just talking about different topics, teaching people about their devices or how to pick a device for themselves and whatnot. And then the last couple episodes, I brought in some guests that have their platforms and they're doing big things, but they use mobile 
to build their brands or run their businesses. This uh, masterclass series took place in November 2017, right? Yeah. He actually went full-time into Droid Island in July yeah. 2017. So we're talking four months later, <laughs> you were already able to land the first spot. So I think we just kind of gloss over that. Thing. Yeah, you know what? They say as an influencer, you have to pump out at least eight months worth of consistent content before people really start to notice you. Why eight months though? How you how you calculate that? That's a that's an no, interesting um, formula. Yo, I can't even remember where I read it. It was an it was an influencer that I follow where they were talking about that, right? So after about eight months, you're consistent. You have a body of work and then you'll realize people start to take notice of your of your work and whatnot, right? Alright, so this this why we sponsorship us how many months after you actually started So I started Droid, Droid Island started September twenty sixteen. And so by October 2017, July, I started the store and whatnot, and I've been blogging. And then I had a few articles that really hit home to a lot of the executives, and I started to really build my name. And then the marketing manager for Huawei actually knew me from before. So when I threw it to him, like I, I, I knew him, I knew him, we're, we're cool or whatever. So when I threw it to him, and he follows my work too, so he was just like, well, yeah, this is perfect. You know, this is exactly what we're, what we're missing. Hmm. And they jumped on board. And the minute that happened, now all it takes is that first one. Once the first company comes and they say, yo, we want to do X, Y, and Z with you. That's when the rest of the companies say, it, it's like, it's a social proof, right? Yeah. Now it's just like, okay, this guy's serious. If the competition is, is working with this guy, you got yeah, to be good and, you know, maybe we can get in on this. So, you know, then that was the first domino. And from, from there, I remember I went to, I went to the Samsung Note 8 launch. And I think this was the first time I, I knew that I was making an impact. I went to the Samsung Note 8 launch. Um, Jared told me to come out. So I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll come. Yeah, he introduced me to a couple of people or whatever. And everybody knew who I was and I knew who nobody was, <laughs> right? Yeah. And... What was crazy was when uh, Terry Weech, who's the marketing manager for Samsung out of Miami, I remember Jared brought me over to him and he stopped what he was doing. He told the person, hold on. He's like, Droid Island? Mr. Droid Island? You are like the shadow on the wall in the Miami offices. Everybody's kind of worried about what you're going to say about Samsung today. Really? Wow. So I'm like, wow. I'm like, oh, I'm like okay. <laughs> okay, cool. No problem. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I personally want to show you how the Samsung Note 8 works. And then when we were going around to other people, like they just saw people in B-Mobile, everybody was like, this is the guy that got us in trouble with, with an article that he wrote? And I started to realize, okay, I'm like, you know what? Hmm. The articles are hitting where it needs to hit, yeah, yeah. you know? And how long were you pumping out articles before you were able to get that kind of notice, that kind of spotlight? Whew. That's a very good question. I think even from the first month or two, I put out some content that got some traction and got some really good responses because you got to create content that gets people thinking, right? Like I don't just, I don't just review phones. Like I'll, I'll talk about a variety of, I'll talk about the industry in Trinidad and the Caribbean, whatever the case is. So you're not just going to get, you know, Hey, the, here's the, here's the Huawei P20 review. You're not just going to get a phone review or a review on like an application, like I will talk about a variety of different issues and I'll, I'll say some of the things that people too are, are too afraid to say, right? And when you start stirring the pot, people take notice, right? And 
I've never had a situation where an executive or a CEO has ever had a problem with anything I've said. A customer or, or a client or people that read it that don't understand the industry might message and be like, nah, this is wrong, this is incorrect, no, you don't know what you're talking about, whatever. But then when I read a comment like that and I get on the phone with the CEO of the company and they're justifying, well, you know, Mr. Droid Island, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Mr. Droid Island. <laughs> and, you know, like, and it's funny because like, I never came out and I was like, you know, like, I'm Mr. Droid Island, I'm this person, I was just Carol, that was it, right? Yeah. But, after a while, people see me and they're like, hey, you droid man, Mr. Droid. Nobody knew my name after a while. Like it was just, it was just, hey, use the droid man. Is when wait a little trainy accent. Wish me a four years. You're fresh water tree. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I have a brother who's been here for over 20 years and he still kind of talks like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're always playing around or whatever the case, when you put some emphasis, the tree had to come out. Yeah, so. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. The strategy with the uh, articles, right? Yeah. Was it premeditated? Like, did you sit around and do like a plan? Okay, I'm going to put this kind of content and, uh, you know, target this kind of topic and... Did you map it out or was it just on the fly? You just wanted to do it and, you know, it kind of evolved the right so direction? the secret sauce. The master plan. Yeah, man. I don't have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what it is? And this was one of the things, like, I learned early when I was working with Nadine on trying to build a brand. She was always like, you have to, you have to create a content plan. You have to plan this. So you have to strategize. But then I re- we realized, because her background is in sports, right? And we realized that just like how sports, sports is, is in the now. I don't want to hear about, you know, sports the following day after lunchtime. I might want to wake up, see the highlights of the game after lunchtime. I don't care about what happened yesterday, right? There's a very fast turnaround time with tech. There is something coming out every single day. So it's hard to have a content calendar because there's always something happening on a fly, right? The only thing you could really plan is let's just say if you get a device and then you got a book with your team, okay, we're going to go shoot on this day and we're going to release it on X, Y, and Z, right? That's really the only time that I plan. Otherwise, I wake up, I go through all the stuff that's happened either that day or the, or the night before, and I have an idea of what I want to talk about. And then I still keep an ear to the ground listening to where the challenges are that people are having, right? The most planning that I really do is when I hear about a problem or I, or I know I need to talk about something because I know there's a lack of whatever, I'll write it down. I have my, my Google Keep is my best friend and I just have a list of topics. And so I'll pump out new stuff. But then if there's something that I really want to touch on, I'll go back in my list and be like, okay, what was, what was like an issue that I wanted to really touch on? And I'll go back from that and I'll pick from that list. And I just try to bang off everything off my list or whatever the case is. But I don't really plan out. I don't really have a content calendar just because of how fast if I say I'm going to talk about something in two weeks, I might be stale, right? So it's always evolving. It's very fast-paced, and a, I, I try to get a very high turnaround time. Interesting. So tell me something. In terms of your social media strategy, right? Mm-hmm. So you say you get you get the most visibility from the CEOs and, and that and the leadership level mm-hmm. of companies and stuff when you post on LinkedIn and stuff, right? Yeah. But you also post on Instagram and Facebook, like. Explain to us. So, what is your what is your favorite platform to post on for your specific content, 
and like where do you see the most engagement where do you see the most results or the, the most roi even that comes down to your content and your goal so and this is one thing that a lot of people don't understand is that you got to know how the platforms work you got to know what works on different platforms and what people want so we know on instagram it's scroll heavy right yeah um so pictures not even pictures so much work as much anymore video right now is content you say video works better than pictures on instagram right now yeah because for one the algorithms are working against everybody and instagram pushes more of the live streaming content and the instagram stories videos and then they'll push the the videos that you natively put on your feed and then last is pictures really? and that's how the that's how the algorithms are right now now the algorithms are always changing right so it's like it's the same thing with facebook then because i know yeah, the, yeah. the facebook algorithm the the videos is what kind of shows up well, even most here's here's the thing so the f8 conference was last week right mm-hmm. and the facebook algorithms have changed again huh. <laughs> yeah and i was having this conversation today with another guy in marketing and i was telling him i was asking like yo did you did you guys check out the changes in facebook because it it impacts your brand right and they were like well he was like well no boy like what happened i sent some article and i was giving him like the the cliff notes on it or whatever and he's he's like wow he's like yo you you got to teach a class on marketing hmm. on digital marketing and i'm like well i wouldn't that's not my focus whatever the case is but i keep up with what is happening one because i'm in tech two because i'm building my brand i have to understand how the platforms are working because it's not enough to create gold content anymore you have to create the content but then you have to understand how the platform works for people to even see your content right so to answer your question as to where i like to post my favorite is a tie between facebook and instagram i like facebook because facebook i get content out there to help people right mm-hmm. my facebook content is really with the goal is to help people and to get the community talking about it whatever the case is and i always get messages every day hey just read this blog just read this tip on oh, facebook on facebook people message me with their comments whatever right so it's for them now in order to build myself as a thought leader and be amongst the decision makers for the decision makers to call me and say hey we know you know your stuff we want to collaborate with you whatever the case is that is linkedin So there's content like for example if I post a review about a phone and my goal is to really sell it I'm not going to post it on LinkedIn I'll post it on Facebook because I'm trying to get sales right I'll create content I'll educate the people you're going to seldom ever see hey Jordan has a sale 999 for whatever you're almost never going to see that what you will see is my top 5 reasons why I like this phone link in the description to go and buy it. Because that's gonna be the next okay. question, right? Okay, so you compete. You compete on content. You don't compete on yes. price. Yes, content marketing is number one. And at the end of the day, when you understand what you are buying, an informed buyer is the better buyer because then they know what they're getting. The worst thing that happens, especially when it comes to phones, I know you guys have heard this. People want a phone. I don't want to spend more than a thousand dollars, but I want the best camera, the best battery life, <laughs> and it's for business. Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> me too, yo. Sounds like me. <laughs> But when you understand the value of what a phone is going to do for you and what the problems it's going to solve for you and you realize, okay, well, I only wanted to spend a thousand because well, I don't want to spend money on a phone. You're not spending money on the phone. You're spending money on your problem and you are now investing in a solution. And if the investment for your solution 
cost 3000 and I've done my job as a mobile expert and sales guy to show you why the 3000 is best spent and it's going to knock out all of your needs, there's no question. You might come back and be like, I'll check you back. All right, let me go save up. Let me go. Let me go see what bills I can push around or let me see what, what I can go and sell to go and make up this money. But you'll come back with the 3000 and buy the phone. But don't you have the fear that, okay, somebody's going to take all the information, all the guidance that you give them and go and go to www.amazon.com or www.nameyo, the original equipment manufacturer.com and buy it for less than what uh, what you're selling. No, it's not a fear at all. And it happens all the time. But here's what happens, right? There's a lot of people that follow my blogs, they interact with my stuff, but they'll never buy from me, Right. And I'm perfectly fine with that because part of my business, the majority of my business is the education. I want you to learn. I want you to be informed. And they'll go, they'll buy it. Maybe they have Tanti coming in from New York that she, that they could send it to and bypass customs and save some money on, on that. No problem, right? But then those same people will come and be like, hey, I have a friend, I have a relative, yeah. and I'm sending them by you because you're the man and they want to buy a phone. And it happens all the time. So I never score on anybody and knowledge is to give. And one thing that I want everybody to really understand, this is 2018. We're not selling encyclopedias where you sold knowledge anymore. Knowledge is to give freely. You charge for implementation. Right. So I will give, 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 and give. And that person might not buy, but they're always going to be sending people for me. And sometimes it comes back. Sometimes they might not buy a phone, but now they have a problem with the phone. And they know I'm the man to fix that problem. So they'll come and take one of the services that I offer. So once you get them hooked in some part of your ecosystem, they're good. So what are your services that you offer? So um, this is changing because when I started, I never really expected all of this to happen. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one thing. When you start, you don't know where you're going to go, where you end up. And when I started, I, my, my goal was to blog and sell phones. Now I'm, I'm this personality all of a sudden talking about phones or whatever. Celebrity. And, <laughs> <laughs> so um, in regards to services, like I'll do like I'll do backups, software backups, uh, flash custom ROMs, unlock devices, depending on the issue. If it, once it's software related, I'm usually a good guy to check to get your stuff sorted out. Android box reprogramming, that stuff. But like now that I'm trying to do everything online, and, you know, the content creation is picking up, you know, am I going to sit down for three, four hours trying to figure out, you know, why your phone's not is, is stuck on boot loop? <laughs> <laughs> I run from those things now. Now it's just like, no, nah, I don't have four hours to figure out, you know. So, so you're not going to help somebody find the, um, the video of their childbirth or anything like that <laughs> anymore. You're past that. You're too big no, for that now. I, no, I, I'll, you see that I will do. I'll do those things. And I, it's good content opportunities where I'll create the content and send a person a blog, whatever the case is. Like, I think one of my most viewed blogs was my Carnival Survivor series for pictures. People take millions of pictures for Carnival and then the same millions of pictures they take, they go and lose their phone in Juve. <laughs> or their phone gets destroyed because they decided to go jump in a water truck and get muddy and dirty and the phone doesn't survive you know and the first thing i get ash wednesday is oh god what i gonna do 
So you literally yeah. take like you take these experiences that people come to you with, yeah, to just create content. So and that, craft content. That make real sense. Though. And craft content. So you don't even have to sit down and brainstorm too much. You're just looking at the amount of yeah. inflow, you know, and you coming. keep your ear to the ground, your eyes yeah, open, whatever yeah, the case yeah, is. Up. And when the companies are coming to you now and they're like, wait a minute, that was a good idea, though. I won't call the company, but there was a company that I had said, yo, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Let's make it happen. But the schedule was too tight to get the budget to do whatever. And then I seen Instagram posts with my stuff, the tips that I was I wanted to do. Wow. And I was like, all right, word. Is it that they kind of borrowed your IP? I say borrow loosely. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, forget the IP, but I mean, they ran with the idea that I gave them. And the thing is, it wasn't in a big way. Like, they just created some posts around what I had said I wanted to do for video content. And I... Again, like I don't, I don't dig a horrors about companies because at the end of the day, no one's coming up with original ideas. Everybody's taken from somebody, right? And then they're making their own. That's really, you know, what 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 goes on. So for me, it was more like it's validation. It was just like, wow, you know, I created such profound impact on these people that they went and they put it out verbatim. <laughs> and the content you you post of this nature, how, how much is it? written stuff versus video stuff though and is there a reason that you might choose between the two mediums honestly the uh i gotta shout out my boy devon x scott when it came to video i don't know nothing about video right, right? and early on i was uh i just turned the camera on and record right and i didn't really like the video production but the content was there right i'm comfortable on blogging i like to write I'm confident enough that once the aesthetics look pleasing, I can get it out there, whatever the case is, and people are going to read it. Right. With video, after I linked up with Devon, and me and him got our synergy going, whatever the case is, and I could do my video content, and he's one of the he's one of the baddest video guys that I've seen in Trinidad. Right. And you know we've been working together since the Huawei series. And that's his thing. His thing is, yo, I need, I, I need to make you look good because that, I mean, that's getting, that's getting both of us opportunities, right? You look good, I look good, and we, and we both, and we both work. We both get stuff done. So, you know, shout out to him. For blogs, blogs are easy for me to do, so I could bang it out, do it myself, whatever the case is. Video content is all about visuals. So if you don't know how to properly craft your videos, so like, like I mentioned, Flossie before, Flossie doesn't do no big editing, but. His personality carries whatever lack of video production you see, right? I don't think I'm flossy. I still think I need to have good visuals to put my content out there while I grow, whatever the case is. So I'll I'll save some stuff. Me and Devon will do it. We'll shoot it. We'll put it out there. But my blogs is like my go-to thing. Okay. And in terms of feedback on the content, you get more feedback from blogs or from video? They're equal. It just all depends on the content. Content and the, I guess the yeah, the, the, the actual the actual content. Um, because like on video, like okay, like I just did um we did some some sponsored posts with with B Mobile, right? That's tutorial stuff. So there's there's only so much people are gonna say about it. It's more about, you know, they watch it, they learn from it and whatever. But then on the blogs, again, depending on the content, people will be like, uh, they love it because they learn something something they didn't know maybe they have a difference of opinion and we get a back and forth going and i love that right yeah, yeah. i just posted a blog a couple of days ago saying yo one plus one plus six best phone on the market 
You don't watch people message when they're like, wait, no, 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 no. Better than the S9? Better than the P20 Pro? And I'm like, yeah, hmm. yes, it is. But here's why. Yeah. And we can go back and forth. And, you know, at the end of the day, as long as I, I love when people have an opinion and they come back at me and everyone's entitled to their opinion, you could tell me why, Jared, the S9 is the best. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell me, you could tell me, you know, why it's the best. And that's cool. I have my opinion. You have yours and it, and it is what it is. That's interesting because so I used to be a strong Apple fanboy. Yeah. yeah, I think the last iPhone I had was the iPhone five, which I believe is the last phone that Steve Jobs actually worked on. Yes, before he passed. Yeah, and after that, to me, it was more like iteration after iteration, as opposed to innovation. Right, right. They start being innovators. Yeah, they start. They yeah. start being innovators, and they start to lock that ecosystem even tighter and tighter yeah. and tighter, and make it even more expensive and stuff. And yeah, so when my iPhone crashed. And around the same time, my MacBook crashed. And Ooh. Osei will tell you, Osei and I used to work together. Yeah. I was an investment analyst. I used to actually cover the tech, the tech and telecom sector. Yeah. Every presentation, I will come. I'll be the only person to come with a laptop, right? Osei <laughs> 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 we'll and the other analysts, they will have their, their notes there. They're ready. Yeah, yeah. I'll come with my MacBook Pro. I've got my <laughs> iPhone there. And I, I'm going to... Live that sector. Live that sector. <laughs> I, I would spend half of my presentation... I'm reinforcing why I think Apple is a strong buy. Yeah. So after my MacBook and my iPhone crashed, I'm I like, know Yo, screw this. Say, <laughs> so, what is the cheapest? <laughs> <laughs> what is the cheapest one with the best features I could find? <laughs> so I came across the OnePlus. I think it's the one, either the one in the X, right? Yeah, OnePlus X. There's only one. OnePlus X, yeah. 249 US. Best money you'll ever spend. Listen, three years ago, you know, say. Yeah. Three years ago, people, yeah. just last week, people in my office were ridiculing me. It's like, Kevin, you can't be wearing all them fancy watch and fancy shoes and, and you're rocking on OnePlus. <laughs> wow, yeah. But I was, looking at, I was looking at your last review on the OnePlus 5 and you said the OnePlus 5 isn't worth your money. So I was really surprised to see yeah. that you said the OnePlus 6 is the best phone in the market. Yeah. Why so, okay. All right. OnePlus, I have a love-hate with OnePlus. I love OnePlus. I bought the OnePlus One twice. Twice? Twice. Like I, I had it, loved it, used it for a good bit, sold it to just do use a different phone because I'm always switching phones. And then um, I had sold a phone at the time and I was like, yo, a phone to buy. There wasn't anything I liked at, at the point in time. Bought another OnePlus One, right? Okay. With OnePlus, OnePlus started off offering the same specifications that was the best at the time. For 250 bucks. Yeah. And nobody else was doing that. Like, nobody. They were undercutting the competition by half. Then the OnePlus 2 came out, and I was like, okay. Then the OnePlus 3, then they started doing this double this double cycle where they drop a phone in June, and they'd come back and drop a phone in, in October. And then add a T. Yeah, and then add a T, and it was like, it was like, what is going on here? Well, I mean, five, 5S, 4, 4S, I mean, it sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, but no, no, no. They do that once a year. So an iPhone comes out once a year, an okay. S series comes out once a year, a P series from Huawei comes out once a year. Who is OnePlus dropping two phones <laughs> of the same magnitudes, two flagships in the same year? You buy a, fi- a OnePlus 5 in, in June, and then by October, they're dropping a 5T? That's madness. Yeah, that's things that piss people off. Because when you buy a flagship phone like that, you want to know that you have it. I have the latest technology for at least a year. At least, yeah. But what OnePlus did too was they dropped the new phone. 
they would make the old phone, they they take it off the shelves, so it's no longer, they're no longer even carrying the phone, and they stop supporting it. Hmm. So it was like, what what why would you buy OnePlus at that point, right? So the the one when the OnePlus 5 came out, they raised the price. And this was my argument with the OnePlus 5. It started off at 250. They raised the price on the OnePlus 5, so it was like 500 USD, right? Now we're croaching some serious territories because OnePlus still has compromises and a Pixel, which is the best phone out, is like starts at like 650, right? right? So we're encroaching on why would I buy the OnePlus when I could just spend an extra 150 bucks US and get a much better phone, right? With almost no compromises. And then, so with the 5, we had other phones like the ZT Axon 7 that had all the features of the top phones, Quad HD display, stereo speakers, quad DAC, so you get an excellent headphone quality for 400 US. Xiaomi came out with, with the Xiaomi Mi 6. More that's features. How pronounce, that's how you pronounce it. It's not Xiaomi. Yeah, Xiaomi. Xiaomi. Yeah. Xiaomi came out with the that's Mi 6. XIA OMI. Yeah. Right. Okay. Xiaomi. Yeah. So they came out with the Mi 6, and it's another phone at 400 that has more features than the OnePlus 5 for less. But what pissed me off was when OnePlus came out and said, well, oh, we couldn't add certain features because it would raise the cost. But cheaper phones are doing more with whatever. So I didn't like the OnePlus 5. Now, the reason why I said the OnePlus 6 is the best phone right now, the keyword is right now. <laughs> that, that's the keyword, right? Yeah. Is right now. So better than the iPhone 10, better than the S9. Better, best phone on the market right now. Okay. Best phone on the market right now. One, like, okay, example, the... S9 has the best processor right now. Snapdragon 845, 6 gigs of RAM. Right. The OnePlus 6 has Snapdragon 845, 8 gigs of RAM. That's right. Right? It's the most powerful phone, plus it has the best operating system on the market, Oxygen OS, and it's the fastest phone in the market. Now, it's still, I don't want to say half the price anymore because it's not, but it's still 300 US cheaper than your alternative that options. Is, that is more than I paid for this phone that I've been using <laughs> for the past three years. So <laughs> now this is this is what I, I impress upon people, especially in the Caribbean, where we do not have anything called device subsidy. So for the people that are listening in the US or Canada, when you guys walk into Verizon or Telus and you say, I want that phone, I'll sign it to your contract. Oh, it's free? Wonderful. And you're paying for it over time? We don't have that in the Caribbean. The phone is the no contract price. So that's 700, that's 800, that's 900 USD. Okay? Madness. So when now, with OnePlus 6, it's 520 US. You're getting better specifications. You're missing one or two things like wireless charging, unofficial water resistance rating. And you're more powerful, you're faster than the top competition. And when people come back and they say, well, oh, well, that's madness. No, the S9 or the Huawei P20 is better because it has a better camera or better this. It's like, okay, cool. I understand that. But is it 300 USD better then? And that is the question they come back and they say, well, uh, I don't know. You, they, they, don't, they don't have an answer. So when you, when you have a phone like the OnePlus 6, that, the OnePlus 6 that's doing so much at a cost that is doing that, you can't come and tell me. I have a question on that though, and it's something has, that has been bugging me every time I have to buy a phone, right? Because I'm also, like Kevin, very price conscious, okay? We want so, value. That's not, we want we're value. not cheap, huh? We want, so you want value. value. Right. Want value. Yeah. Well said. 
I was I, I, I would say I'm cheap, but you know, thank you for that. That you know, yeah, yeah, no, I know you're gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but my question is though, like. Even though, so I feel like you may have a Samsung, you may have, let's say, a Axon ZT or any other, it's cheaper, Xiaomi or one of those guys, right? And they have exactly the same specs on paper. Right. I feel like when you use the Samsung and you use the Xiaomi, for example, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like the same specs at all, though. So, oh. so then, is it really that when you compare any specs and look at the cheaper price of those, you know, the, the off-brand or the non-brand names, is it that you're really getting that much better of, of value for your money or is it that it normalizes in terms of the actual use and, and the performance of the phone with the price because I, I I never feel like I get the same performance with the same specs. You see that that's a very perfect point because everybody knows Samsung has the worst software experience, right? They pack so much features into their devices and they're great all around phones. Build quality, they they pack every feature you could think of. They have in their devices which is good but the handicap of samsung is a software experience right now when you have a phone like a oneplus 6 or whatever that is performing at a much higher rate and it's the same specifications it comes down to software so that's why you're, you're going to pick up the phone you're going to pick up like five six different phones because spec wise they pretty much all have the same specs we know that every high-end phone is going to come with the same thing snapdragon 845 anywhere between four and eight gigs of ram right but the software plays such a key role which is why i like the pixel is still rated one of the best phones because it has the best software experience on the market that's the google pixel yeah so it has the best software experience you know oneplus is right there with it oneplus most people argue is even better than stock because it's it's stock android with additional features that the google phones don't have so that is why you're going to pick up, you know, like I say, as you said, you're going to, you're going to pick up different phones and the software experience is not the same. So you don't feel like you get the performance, whatever the case is. And you're only going to know that when you play around with multiple phones, right. right? I think for me, when I, when I really realized that was back in 2012, I had a Samsung S3 and then I picked up HTC One X and an LG Optimus G, the LG G1. And I loved my S3. I thought it was the best thing. I got the Auburn Red. My phone was the sexiest phone on the market. You had a no red one, phone? I had a red phone too. Uh, yeah, no, no one could tell me nothing. Yeah. And then I picked up the other phones. I'm like, but it's the same specs. And the other phones are running 10 times better. And I realized, yo, software plays such a big difference. But okay. again, down here, when you're buying more so just on the brand, whatever the case is, right. you're, they, people might not jump on the other ones to even know that yo, there's other phones out there, same specs, same parts, and they're outperforming devices that you even know about. So now, like I said, like for me, I sell on value and your needs. I have to understand what you're going to be doing and I'll make a recommendation and then it's up to you to pick and then we go from there. So that rounds up part one of our conversation with Karan McLeish on his journey of becoming Mr. Droid Island and how he used content marketing to establish himself as a mobile authority. Coming up in part two, we're going to talk more about the smartphone industry in the Caribbean, Karan's growth and expansion plans, and round it up with some practical advice for creators who feel trapped in a corporate prison and want to get started with their own business endeavors. As always... Thank you for listening to Caribbean Power Lunch and don't forget to review, subscribe and share. (laughs) Until next time, Podcast World, we are out.